What's up, Jared? Dude, what's up, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> I beat you to it. I started no, I was, first. I was waiting for you. I was going to beat you to it, but I let you have it. No, thanks. Dude, How's it going? Well, it's going pretty good. Yeah? Just, uh, dude, it's like 40 below here. Dude, that's why you need to move. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, though, is I, I don't go outside. Like, I go outside yeah. once a day to get wood. Yeah. But why the last... You? The last like ten years of my existence have been going outside all the time. So when it's forty below, I'll be like, "Oh, it's forty below," and I'm like, "Oh." There was a time. There was a time in my life when I lived in Fairbanks, Alaska, where you live, not too long ago. And when it got forty below, I was excited to go outside and run. Isn't that silly? Did you did you do a ventilator or anything or a respirator? Yeah, you just got after it. You get used to it. You get yeah, used to breathing in that cold air. I thought it, it was like bad for your lungs or something. What's that? I thought it was bad for your lungs. I mean, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I know you get used to it, though, and it like, yeah. it burns, right? Yeah. But then you learn that it just burns, and that's yeah. it. So, yeah. And you can still breathe, so no big yeah. deal, right? Yeah. So do you think that, because you did ultra marathons? Right. Yeah. We can call them ultra marathons. What, when do you start calling it an ultra marathon? Is that a hundred miles? Is that 50 miles? Anything over a marathon. So it's an ultra marathon. Anything, yep. Anything over 26.2 miles. So you so can I go, could, so I could get like a sticker that made like 30 miles and put it on the back of my car, like 30.0 yeah. and say I did an ultra marathon. Yeah. They have 50 K's, which are yeah, oh, right. 32 miles. I think don't quote me on that. I don't remember. Once you start getting the kilometers, then you can sort of cheat. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I, they usually go two kilometers for most stuff, which I don't know why, yeah. until you get to a 100-miler. Then it's 100 miles. And I don't know how many kilometers that is. Yeah, it's probably not a cool round number like a 100-mile is. No, it's probably like 100... I don't even want to say, but it's probably like 123 <laughs> or 122. Yeah, 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 gotcha. gotcha. Hey, Jamie, look that up. Oh, wait, never mind. Wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we need to get a Jamie someday. <laughs> yeah, someday. Um, well, maybe when my kids are old. Brooklyn could do it. Dude, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she'd be so bad at it. She'd just be bossing us around this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. She'd just be. And then, Dad, what are you doing? Why do you keep yeah. making that noise? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dad, stop chewing while you're on your podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dad, why do you always chew? Gosh. Yeah, gotcha. So I, I bring. I bring that up with the hundred milers is because those are, those are hard things, right? Yeah. There's yeah. I mean, they're hard. They get easier though. The more you do them. Gotcha. Is that the most difficult thing you've ever done in your life? Oh, geez. I don't know. Like physically difficult. Sure. What about mentally? Maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no idea. The Cause I always hear people be like, the physical aspect of those things is like a part of the pie, but then the mental is like the bigger part of the pie. And then what I also hear people say is that the the mental gain that they get from it is really the benefit. Cause then they're like, I can push myself through anything now because I did that thing. Like that's what I hear. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? I think, I think you're right. Like when you're running it, it's definitely very, very, very mental. Um, I've done them with training and I've done them without training. And I mean, and all like, I don't really know. I get close to the same times, right? 
with and without training? Yes. But it's definitely easier with training. And okay. like my like I did one that I trained really, really well for. Trained really hard. And I read this article right before the hundred miler that it was about this guy Jeff Rose doing the exact same race that I did. And he broke the record. And I remember and he's like, you know, a super famous ultra runner, won a bunch of like, you know, big races. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> I remember hearing him talking about how his legs hurt at like mile 20 and he just has learned over the Mm. course of doing a bunch of hundred milers, how to mentally push through 80 more miles, even though his legs hurt. Gotcha. And so during that race, I remember I got to like, you know, my legs hurt really quickly. They always do, but you start to learn that your legs can only hurt so bad. So you just have to like, and the, the more you can push through it, the faster you'll get to the end. And then the mm-hmm. sooner it's over, right? Mm. That's That was your thought process. Like the more you push yeah. through it, the faster you can get to the end. Yes. And then it'll be over. And so then it, it really just becomes like this game of keeping your mind on point to be able to keep running. And then you obviously have to maintain food and hydration. Sure, the practical sides. Yeah, so between those three things, if you can stay up on your food and your hydration and you can learn to push yourself mentally, then even though you've already ran a long ways in a race, you can still continue to run a a long, you know, a lot further. Yeah. So like that particular race, I got to like mile 62 and I was pooped. Mm. I was dying. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was because lack of food because this, that race didn't have any aid stations. I had two aid stations Mm -hmm. and I made it to the second one at mile 62. Mm -hmm. And the first aid aid station didn't have much food. Oh, so it's kind of low on calories. So I sat there, I laid on the gravel parking lot. Mm -hmm. My father-in-law met me there to run the last little bit with me. Mm -hmm. And he gave me some food and I was like, I didn't want to keep going. But then eventually I got up and we started running. What made you get up? I mean, I, I wanted to finish. Sure. And then my father-in-law was there and he wasn't gonna let me quit. No, he would, he would, yeah, he wouldn't let you quit. Yeah. Which is what you need because yeah, yeah. you're 68 miles in and you're tired and you're, you're laying, you're food. laying down <laughs> you, and you're in a parking lot where you could quit. You're like, yeah, yeah I'll just quit. Screw it. I don't need to finish oh. this hundred miler. Like there's no significance to finishing the hundred miler other than yeah, your own, you know, I don't even know, but make yourself feel good. But so I finally got up and we ran that last 38 miles in like five hours. It was like the fastest 38 miles I've ever ran in my entire life. Wow. Interesting. Why do you, why do you think that is? So going back to the brain thing, I think it was all my brain. Hmm. Like it was all in my head. Right. Because I started thinking about that article. I was like, Oh, well, if Jeff Rose can push forward. Yeah. You know, even though his legs hurt, I can do the same thing. Right. So. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a great perspective. Like if this person can do it, then I can do it. Like I think, I think that we should default to that perspective until we're proved absolutely wrong. Like if I'm like, like and there's certain things that are obvious, like, yo, the rock can bench that. <laughs> yeah. I can bench that. And I would still say, well, sure. It just might take a little bit. <laughs> like it might take me a couple some years roids. of like, <laughs> some yeah, some roids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are cool though. They're cool now. And like you can, um, and then maybe I could, but I think so much we look at people and their success and then we say, well, I could never do that. And then we just disqualify ourselves from that. I think that's like the oh, yeah. first mental misstep that we make yep. is we say, 
I can't do that. I'm disqualified yeah. from that. When in the reality, I think we can do anything we really want. It just, can we stay mentally strong through the physical act of doing it? Definitely. Yep. Do you, I think, so, I think probably doing those, like learning that mental game of doing those hundred milers, because when, when, when you sign up, it sounds like a great idea. Oh, this is going to be so rad. Yeah. And then even all the way up to training, you know, all the way up to race day, you're like, this is so cool. And then even a few miles into the race, you're like, this is so cool. But every single one I've done, I've come to this point where I'm like, why am I doing this? And it just sucks. <laughs> like it just sucks, but you just, you have to force yourself to keep moving or you'll never finish. So you're, you know, so you're forced with this. I have to quit or I have to finish. Yeah. And I, I, <clears throat> I all but one chose to finish. And so, but the weird part is you're in that state of mind. You're like, this sucks all the way to the finish. Usually mm -hmm. for a long, you know, probably 20 hours you're in the, this sucks. Why do I do this? The second you cross that finish line, you're like, that was awesome. You just total flip. Huh. Super weird. Oh, wow. That is weird. And then you still go and you sign up for another one, knowing that it's yep. going to suck the whole time. Yeah. Yep. So is it that, just, the, is that the payoff then? Like that flip at the end? So there's two payoffs. There's the, there's that flip at the end, right? <clears throat> there's actually three payoffs. There's the flip at the end, which is really nice because, because it's a cool thing. Like you just completed something that was really hard that not too many people have done. Mm -hmm. The training involved of prepping for one of those, getting yourself in the physical condition to be able to run one of those. Mm -hmm. You feel like a million bucks. So that's awesome. Gotcha. That's probably my favorite part. And then there's also the part where you get to tell people you ran a hundred miles. They're yeah, like, and you what? get that you can get that sticker on your car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> not doing that. You don't have those stickers? You could have so many. You could have like if you include the kilometers, you could have like the whole back windshield covered. Yeah. But you I do. like I always whip that out when um like when I'm trying to prove to somebody how crazy I am, <laughs> then I'll whip out the Yeah. <laughs> usually usually Chris Dill will bring it up, my wife. Uh be like, yeah, 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 he ran a hundred miles more than once. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> And then, like, what do you do? You just stare at them. You're like, what? what and they're like, what? Do you? Most people are like, what? Yeah. You okay? You are crazy. Yeah. Like you. Well, a hundred miles is a long time. Like, if you said, "Hey, Joel, I need you to drive a hundred miles next week," I'd be like, "Dude, why? Why do I got to drive a hundred miles? I ain't got time for that." And that's just driving. There's no prep involved. That's just me nope. doing something yeah. for a set amount of time. Yeah, I would rather go run a hundred miles than drive 100 miles <laughs> it's way more enjoyable <laughs> it really is like sitting in a car doing absolutely nothing is total total death <laughs> but being outside like moving that's fun. yeah yeah you know? i gotcha so you you do good in like a flintstones car where you gotta like power your car with your legs <laughs> like that's your jam that's how i get around I'm yeah go get one you well, you might have to wait a little bit, but yeah, you should. I gotta be barefoot though. Yeah. Oh, duh. Definitely. Or at least wearing some zero drops. Oh yeah, zero <laughs> drops. I should probably get some of those toe socks. <laughs> <laughs> I've only known one retard <laughs> to wear toe socks <laughs> in my whole life. You can't. You can't make me laugh when I'm trying to drink some water. <laughs> you know, 
Oh, whoever that guy is, he occupies a very favored spot at number one retard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways. <sighs> so you ran these hard races. What part of that, if any, has equipped you to succeed within the business world? Or maybe even succeed in other things. It doesn't even have to be business. It could be just other aspects of life. I think it definitely helped in growing my plumbing business because it wasn't easy, right? Mm -hmm. And it didn't go, I mean, it went fast, but it took two years, two, two and a half years before I could really like pull away before I got that finish line feeling, you know? And you did get that finish line feeling? I mean, in a sense, right? Yeah. Like it's to the point now where it's, it's come together. So I had these multiple times during growing it where I would say to myself, to my wife, to our general manager, man, this is really coming together. This is super cool. So you get these mini, mini like finish lines, but there's always more work to do. Yeah. Um, but then at some point in time, it's like, oh, this, this, I got, it's together and there you're always improving on it and always tweaking things, but it's together. So now we don't tweak any like major things. We're not doing anything huge. We're just tweaking these little levers. Sure. So when you get to that point then you're like, hmm, okay, it's working. I crossed the finish line. Sweet. What's your biggest motivation? Like, cause like both of those things are hard, right? Like starting your own business is hard, running a hundred mile race. Yeah. Like what's the primary motivating factor is the first question. And then the follow-up is going to be, how do you continue to have that motivating factor after you've gone across the finish line? Yikes. That's a good question. I mean, I think if you think about like a hundred miler, the motivation is far different than, than doing a business. Um, yeah, let's talk about they, that. Cause maybe they yeah, have similarities, just... right? Yeah. Um, I always liked my freedom, like growing up, I like my freedom. I like to be my own person. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And so going and running a hundred miler might seem kind of attractive because not too many people do it. And most people think it's something that can't be done. And so you get to go prove them wrong. Right. Right. So in the same sense, like in my business, a lot of the motivation I had probably my like primary driving factor. Yes. I wanted more money. Yes. I wanted the freedom that the business brings. I wanted those things, but the one that really kept me going when I wanted to quit was that I wanted to prove to other people in my life that it can be done. Yeah. And, and that, that you can, can do, do it. it, that you can. Do yeah. It. Yeah. Very similar to the hunter miler because like all growing up, I was the kind of guy that or the kind of kid or person. And even in my adult life, nobody would have thought that I would start a business and sure. nobody would have thought that I would have turned it into the largest plumbing business in town. Right. Yeah. Nobody. So the fact that I did that brings just, just to prove them wrong, <laughs> brings me tons <laughs> of joy. <laughs> like that was my primary, primary like motivation. It really was like, there was certain people in my life. Yeah that I knew that didn't think I could do it. And I wanted to prove them wrong. Gotcha. Cause I knew it could be done. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So then, so then what's now? Okay. So you did that, you proved them yep. wrong. So now what's your motivating factor to continue to create businesses? You know, probably just to keep proving them wrong even more. Yeah. Just maybe. to keep pushing that <laughs> just point. To rub it in. Just, yeah. just rub it even further. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if like, cause, cause ultimately you did it for yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it's like your, your new motivational factor. Yes. There's probably still some of that residual proving them wrong, like to really push it in, but there's also something yeah. in there for you too, that I think to find that. Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, I don't think that's going to be enough to keep me going. No, no, I don't think so either. No, I mean, I do like, I do have this inner desire to keep pushing forward and to just keep growing and mm -hmm. doing and doing better just for the sake of doing better. Um, yeah. Plus I get yeah. really bored, you know, and <laughs> I, know. I like doing, and I like doing new things. It sounds like you like doing hard things. I do like doing hard things. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's fun in the process cause it's hard. And then it's fun when you're done because you would say I did that and it was hard and yeah. I conquered it. I accomplished yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I tell that's my hard. kids. I tell my kids that doing hard things is good. And so they'll be complaining about stuff. I'm like, it's all right. Doing hard things is good. It's good for you to do hard things. Of course, they hate that. They just cry and whine at me. And it's always like doing the dishes or something like really mundane. It's too hard. My kids are Dude. seven and nine. And I tell Christelle that all the time. Doing it's hard good. things. Uh, it's good for you. Well, we're dads. <laughs> you know, we're always going to be chalking like stupid teaching moments. I chalk Ayla, Ayla, my wife. She, I drive her nuts because I'm always trying to teach and yep. so like the kids will be doing something like well you know you think about it doing hard things is going to be good think of all the character you're building and just think of who you're going to be once you really learn how to fold your own laundry it's like kids are like dad shut up she's like shut up yeah. everybody's crying right now this is not the time yeah dad i don't care yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah dad i don't care about anything good and i know that i just hope that one day maybe they will care that's always the hope right yeah, one day they'll look back on that conversation when they were seven and they'll be like, man, that was right. <laughs> you know, I don't have that much hope or that much faith, but like maybe one day they'll just hear all of the conversations and maybe mm -hmm. out of that they'll pick a value. And they're like, yeah, dad, I was making us do hard things. I think, dude, I think it, I think it works because like my son's 20, Costin, he's 20 years old. And I constantly, I was pretty tough on him just because he's my boy and he had high expectations of him. And I constantly was teaching moment and, you know, in hindsight, maybe a little too much. Like Chris still would always be like, Jared, like you're so hard on him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want him to grow up to be a loser. Yeah. I want him to be a productive member of society. I want him to be somebody. And if I'm not hard on him, he won't have any motivation to go there. But what's awesome mm -hmm. now, now that he's been in the house for a couple of years, <clears throat> he'll come to me to talk to me about things and he'll like say things that I would say, approach things in the way that I would look at them. Yeah. And he remembers the things that I told him and it's cool. Yeah. It's cool looking, you know, seeing it now, like the, st the stuff that I told him, like you're talking about with your seven year old kid. Mm-hmm. That's that stuff stuck with him. Yeah. Because I said it enough. <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. I think I like as parents, I think we always need to like reflect in our moments because being a parent is almost like the ultimate hard thing. Like I find that it is really difficult to be a good parent all of the time. And I think yeah, that as parent, as parents, we'll forget that and we'll just be like, oh, the hard things are my business and my hundred mile races and all this kind of stuff. But sometimes the hardest thing is just like for me, controlling my temper when my children are just being ridiculous because yeah, knowing, knowing that they're looking at me and they're going to sort of take whatever I do in these moments and that's how they're going to act to other people. Yeah. And those are really hard things. I think if we don't pause and reflect on those things, I think we are going to lose the lessons that those things have. Like, yep. just as I'm always trying to teach my kids, I'm also trying to get in the mindset to always teach myself because like, I always teach them that these certain things that they should be thinking about. But if I'm not aware of myself and not being able to step out of myself for a second, I'm never going to learn from what I'm doing and what I would actually teach myself. You know, like yep. Joel, don't get so mad at your kid. It's, it's literally nothing. You're just yeah. cranky because you made poor choices, stayed up late or whatever, you know, like don't, don't push it on him. <laughs> be be yep. aware of these things. Yeah. I think, uh, I think if you want to like start a business and grow a good business, I think if you're a good dad and a good husband and a good leader at home, it's going to be so much easier to do that at work. Yeah. I, I agree to the extent that you can introspect. Because I think that what I see is people don't connect those. People have this idea that like, okay, well, in my home, that's my home. And the what I do there is what I do there. And then I go to work. Owning yep. your own business might be a little bit different just because it's so much more closer to your head. It's in there. But when I go yeah. to work, what I see is that people will then become who they are at work. At work, yeah. And that could be something that's awesome or that could be something that's not as awesome. Usually what I see is, in my own experiences, I was a lot better at work than I was at yeah. home. Cause there yeah. was, it's kind of funny cause the stakes felt higher at work when in reality, the stakes are ultimately the highest at my house. Like yep. I have humans that I'm responsible for, not just for their health and well being, but I'm responsible for them in the sense that I'm demonstrating to them the ideal human to the best of my ability. Right. And I go to work and I do exactly that. I demonstrate to my coworkers, the ideal person I want them to be. And then I come home mm -hmm. and I just yell at my kids. It's yeah. like, it's just so stupid. And, so, that, and that's, that's really the dumb part. Like you being awesome at work or even if you're in business might get you a promotion and more money, more success, your business might take off. But if you're not, if you're not awesome at home, like you don't have a good family life, what good does all that do you? Yeah. hundred percent. And a lot of people just flip that backwards. I, mm -hmm. It's easy to do. Like you said, it's very easy to go to work. And try to win at work because it's almost easier. Oh yeah, you get, e you get easier wins there. It's yep. much harder to be a good dad and a good husband and a good, you know, have a good family dynamic and environment. Mm -hmm. So maybe people tend to go there and then they go home and neglect their wife and their kids. Yeah, and I think that I just like really in my experience, people just don't think about it. Like they just really see themselves as two different people. And I think what yeah. happens if when they see yourself as two different people, it's like, you're never going to be able to fix the issues. Cause you're actually, you're one person. So quit yep. separating yourself and really like the way that you produce in your optimal environment should be the way that you produce in your suboptimal environment. Like I should be just as a hard producer, thoughtful, methodical, caring in my home as I approach my work. 
Dude, and, and I think if you started in your home, you would naturally be that way at your work. I Yeah, I think so too. Well, I think so because your home is the harder place to do it. It is. You'd be so much better at it. Yeah. And then you go to work I remember, and like, this is easy. I remember I used to think like that if you wanted to own a business, you had to sacrifice your family. Because I looked at all these guys that had their own business and ran their own business for years. And they retired, right, with tons of money, all the material goods they could ever want. But then at the end of the day, they were divorced and none of their kids wanted anything to do with them. And I used to look at that and go, man, I don't want that. Yeah. Obviously. But I would relate it to, man, I don't want to be in business for myself. That sucks. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, you're looking at that and saying, well, if that's how you do it, I don't want that. Yeah, because that's more of the more of the norm, right? Yeah, because those guys are so good at working. They go to work, they do their thing, they run their companies, but then they neglect to go home and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I think what happens is people, they again, they don't properly introspect. So what they're doing is they're not realizing that their work is an escape from their home. And I would actually push right. it one one notch farther, and I'd say that their work is an escape from themselves, because they know when they go oh, yeah. home they realize that they suck because oh, yeah. their house sucks and they're business people. And so they can see when KPIs aren't being met and they're like, the KPI of wife happiness is zero. The KPI <laughs> of children liking me is zero. I suck at this. I hate myself, but they never reckon with it. And then they go yeah. to vice or they go to whatever. And then, or they go back to their business and then yeah. they still finish broken, tired, unhappy, even though they have all the things that one could say would, help you to be happy dude totally i just did a reel on this about what you know how money can buy you happiness but just Mm -hmm. having money and goods isn't what buys you the happiness the money can buy you things that makes you happy so like i guess my example is that was like good food so like when i didn't have much money or my family didn't have much money i was still an apprentice we would go buy organic food because we valued eating healthy and exercising because it made us feel good and ultimately it made us more productive. So we like didn't even have a couch, right? <laughs> we would sit on we would sit on the floor and rather than buying a couch, we would buy good organic food because mm-hmm. we knew it was good for us. And so in that instance, like I would say you have this money, you should spend it on things that actually make you happy like right. time with your family, um, resources to make your family happier, those sorts of things. Like right. don't go buy all your material goods and your big ranch when you retire or whatever. Right. Yeah, don't don't make those choices based upon only yourself, especially if you have a family. Cuz there is there's a lot like if you if like if you have a wife, you know, or if you have a husband, then that is a part of yourself. And what I see people do is they make these <clears throat> choices as wife or husband in a vacuum. And they like, they don't consider that the other half of them isn't involved in it. And it just blows my mind because one, it's stupid because you're going to get in trouble. Like, and I don't mean like your wife's going to be mad. Like you're just going to get in trouble. Like there's going to be mistakes that come from that. And then also the other part I see is like, you're also shortchanging yourself because you're saying that you alone is more formidable than you and your spouse together. And I think that's, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, nope. 
I know that like me alone is weaker than me and my wife together. Yep. Definitely. Like I suck at like buying a... clothes. That's why she gets me clothes and they're way better than the clothes <laughs> I buy. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the clothes. My wife buy me with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> they're probably like a parachute pants and I'm way too picky. Is that a Vans t-shirt? No, I'm not wearing it. I'm not wearing it. Is that a Vans hat? hat? Nope. <laughs> Funny, because you think that you'd be the easiest person to buy for it. You just buy some Vans stuff and then call Dude, it Dude, I am. I think I am. <laughs> your, if your wife was here, I'm sure she'd be doing this. She'd be like, be like, oh my gosh. Like, Jared, it's not even true. This guy's retarded. I think that, I guess to wrap it up, Doing hard things, I think, is ultimately good. Um, would you say that, like, I don't want to say, like, looking for hard things to do, but I kind of feel like I want to say that, like, putting yourself in a position, like, where you're intentionally doing something hard so that you can yep. exercise the muscles, physical and mental, what it feels like to do something hard, so that yep. when you have a business and it is hard, you can feel that strain and you can go, oh, I just have to push through the strain because I can do that. Yep. I'm capable of doing I that. Think I think everybody should go do hard stuff. Cause like, so after like take the hundred mile example, right? Even a growing your business to a certain point, they're very hard. But once you do them a few times, they're not hard anymore. Right. So there's a lot of personal growth, physical growth, mental growth that happens when you can just go make yourself do something hard. But I would say, take it one step further, like commit to something to a point and then burn the ships so that you have to succeed. Right. Right. So you have to develop those character traits so that you have to get physically stronger or mentally stronger. Right. Right. So like, like a hundred miler, go sign up for a hundred miler. Sure. And then you're mean, maybe you don't want, maybe you should sign up for a marathon and then I don't know, a hundred K and then a hundred miler, but you can go sign up for things and be like, okay, I'm signed up. I paid money for it. I'm committed. I have to go do this thing show up on race day and go do it. Right. Or even mm -hmm. like starting your business, go start your business. Um, and then make it so there's no going back. Mm -hmm. Like quitting is not an option. Mm -hmm. Force yourself to grow. Mm -hmm. I would definitely seek those things out for sure. Dude, good podcast. Excellent. We'll see you next week. Yeah, dude. See ya. See ya.